Welcome back to the 20th and Blake podcast from Mile High Sports. As always, presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Cade Walker, uh, and today we have a little bit of uh, a pretty relevant episode in terms of what's happening in the baseball world, and that is Hall of Fame voting. So last year, the Colorado Rockies finally got their first uh, Rocky into the Hall of Fame, and that was Larry Walker. Uh, I was down at Blake Street Tavern with uh, uh, with Manny Randawa, Drew Creaseman, um, Dan Evans, a couple a couple other guys uh, that are pretty relevant in the Colorado baseball um, atmosphere, uh, media atmosphere, uh, Society for American Baseball Research, um, that type of deal. But I mean, that was that was definitely a cool experience because I, you realize that uh, I mean Colorado sports has really been overlooked, but mostly mostly baseball because. Uh, the Rockies have played at Coors Field since 1995, and Coors Field has always been—it's uh, always had a stigma, and I mean, it still does have a stigma. You know, I mean, people still underrate Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story because they play at Coors Field, and um, I mean, yeah, Coors Field's bigger and there's altitude, but uh, there's. I've talked about the Coors Field problem several times, so I'm not going to go into it too much in detail here. But the point is, is that the stigma really affects these players when it comes to their perception, and mostly when it comes to um, the perception of being in the Hall of Fame. And that's why it took so long for Larry Walker to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he was a really clear-cut case from the get-go. Uh, you you looked at his numbers and it's like man this guy was one of the best hitters potentially I mean in this in this era right I mean he won an MVP and he was just as good this is he played at the peak of the steroid era right and he was just as good as all these guys that were taking steroids and I mean just as good on the road too when not even when not playing at Coors Field just as good as these guys never took steroids Um, and he even talked about it he's like you know I never never did steroids never stuck a needle um, but I mean, these, these writers, they, they consider Coors Field as my, as my steroids, as my needle. Um, and you're, you're going to see that still, that Coors Field stigma from, uh, from older writers. And you're going to see that reflect itself upon ballots for Colorado Rockies, uh, in Hall of Fame voting. I'm sure, I mean, Nolan Arenado, whatever he does, um, later in his career will determine uh, where he where he falls. But, I mean, as of right now, he's on pace for a Hall of Fame career. So, I mean, what, what will he look like? It's mostly relevant now because the Colorado Rocky on the ballot in question is Todd Helton. Now, Todd Helton, in my opinion, has a very solid Hall of Fame case. He's uh, he, he was an incredible hitter, fantastic defensive first baseman, he was he was fantastic. I mean, and just by the numbers, I think he's a Hall of Famer. The argument has more to do with Coors Field, um, but I've talked about that, so we'll we'll, uh, we'll go into detail on the numbers here. But first, I want to talk about the sponsor for this episode, and that is DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, and they're wishing you the happiest of holidays. To kick off the season of giving, DraftKings has new promotions and odd boosts every day this week. Lucky for us sports fans, there is an abundance of action taking place this week. Football teams are in the hunt to secure their place in the playoffs, while college basketball season is just getting underway. 
there's no better place to get in on all of the action. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new players the chance to earn a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 when using promo code MHS. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet from live betting to betting on your favorite players. They do it all. To celebrate this weekend's UFC 256, DraftKings is giving all MMA fans who sign up now the chance to triple their winnings when placing any bet on UFC 256. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's promo code MHS to get a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. So now I'm just going to jump into some numbers. Um, talk about why I think Cod Hilton is a Hall of Famer. i going to admit right off the bat, uh, I watched Todd Hilton growing up. So there is... A little bit of bias. I've worn number 17 a couple times in my playing career. Um, my brother has pretty much always worn 17. I've even met him a couple times. and uh, Obviously, he was on that miraculous 2007 Rockies team, which was uh, one of the, the highlights of my childhood. So, yeah, uh, there's, there's a little bit of bias here, um, admittedly. However, I'm going to remove that as much as possible and just going to read the numbers um, and I think there are there are numbers for and against him to argue that you can argue uh, I just think that you know when you look at the numbers for him it's pretty undeniable that he's at least better than a good amount of existing Hall of Famers and he's he's for sure one of the better players on the ballot currently so I'm going to start off with just some basic numbers um, at least when it comes to evaluating Hall of Fame players. So Hall of Fame statistics are usually broken down uh, by a couple things, especially on baseball reference. Uh, the first one is black ink, and black ink is when you lead the league in some category. Um, Todd Helton has 16, uh, and the average Hall of Famer has 27. That's definitely a mark against him, but uh, it is worth noting that in the 2000 campaign, he led... Uh, led the league in basically every major category, and he only came in fifth in MVP voting. Uh, that one that one was ridiculous uh, when you look back on it. Um, Gray Inc., uh, in terms of his batting, he he posted a Gray Inc. number of 143. The average Hall of Famer is 144. So considering he's right at the mark of an average Hall of Famer, that's a great baseline to be. Uh, looking at Bill James's Hall of Fame monitor, uh, Todd Hilton posted a batting um, number of 175, and uh, the average likely Hall of Famer is about 100, and the like the number for shoe-in candidate for a Hall of Famer is about 130. So Hilton clears that line by a very, very significant margin. Um, an another number that people refer to is Jaws, and for first base, uh, Todd Hilton comes in 15th. And, uh, I mean, out of the 21 Hall of Famers at this position, so he is below 10 surefire Hall of Famers. Number 11 
is Miguel Cabrera. He's still active, so he's not eligible. Number 12 is Rafael Palmero, and he's a known uh, steroid user. Number 13 is Willie McCovey, Hall of Famer. Number 14 is Joey Votto. He's actually tied with Todd Helton, and Votto is still active. Uh, right below Todd Helton is Eddie Murray with um, a lower jaw score. Right below him is Mark McGuire, again, a known steroid user. Below McGuire's Hank Greenberg, then Keith Hernandez, George Schistler, Bill Terry, Harmon Killebrew. Um, all of those players except Keith Hernandez are in the Hall of Fame. Uh, below him, John Allrude, then Joe Torre, then Jason Giambi, Will Clark, Jake Beckley, Tony Perez. A couple of those are Hall of Famers, but just not Will Clark, Giambi, or Allrude. Um, so, I mean, there is a, uh, there's a pretty good case, and he's in very good company. I mean, putting himself above Eddie Murray, Hank Greenberg, George Sisler, Humman Killebrew, good numbers. Those are that's that's a good place for a Hall of Fame uh, candidate to be. Um, so, in terms of the ballot, Todd Helton ranks fifth on the ballot, the current ballot in wins above replacement. Uh, third, if you exclude Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds, uh, in WAR for a seven-year peak, he's third. Again, first, if you exclude Clemens and Bonds, seventh in RBI, first in batting average, second in on-base percentage, third in slugging percentage, fourth in OPS+. plus. So, I mean, at least in terms of the current ballot, he's one of the better players. And if you're not one of those small hall kind of guys, then I think it's pretty clear-cut that Helton is a Hall of Fame player. Uh, moving down to, okay, so a lot of these numbers I'm going to pull from uh, the Twitter account, Helton Hall of Fame. He, um, he's been up on Twitter for quite a while, and he's made a very strong case, posted a lot of statistics. So most of these statistics that I'm going to quote for the next few minutes are going to be from that Twitter account. Uh, so definitely go check that out if you're interested in that. Uh, worth noting, if Todd Helton returned to baseball, and failed to reach base for 1,100 consecutive plate appearances. That's 1,100 consecutive plate appearances. His career on base percentage would still be higher than Ken Griffey Jr., George Brett, Roberto Clemente, and 71 other Hall of Famers. Uh, one of these, when you break down his on base percentage and slugging percentage, uh, you split it into his Coors numbers and his away numbers. At Coors, he posted a slugging per or uh, an on-base percentage of 4.41 and a slugging percentage of 6.07. For reference, Barry Bonds, for his whole career, posted a 4.44 on-base percentage and a 6.07 slugging percentage. So basically, at Coors Field, Todd Helton put up the same slash line as Barry Bonds, um, without the steroids, by the way. And in terms of his away numbers. Uh, Todd Helton posted an away on base percentage of 386 and a slugging percentage of 469. Uh, for reference, Tony Gwynn's career on base percentage was 388 and uh, career slugging percentage was 459. So, again, on the road, Todd Helton was more or less Tony Gwynn. Uh, it's really funny to compare uh, these stats because uh, you have Todd Helton who. Um, you know, he's known for his, his uh, ability to split gaps, fantastic batsman. But at home, he was basically Barry Bonds. But on the road, he was Tony Gwynn. Uh, 
at least in terms of his slash lane. And it's funny because these two types of hitters, Bonds and Gwyn, are, are pretty opposite. The next number looks at 10-year peak. And over the best 10 years of his career, Ken Griffey Jr. posted a uh, in, in 6,147 plate appearances, he posted a slash line of 299, 386, and 590. So a batting average of 299 on base percentage of 386 and a slugging percentage of 590 and a WRC plus of 146. Uh, Todd Helton in his best um, eight year span. Actually, I think that was a not sure what that was for Griffey, but in a similar amount of plate appearances and 60, uh, 6,062 plate appearances for Helton posted a batting average of 334. Um, on base percentage of 437, a slugging percentage of 591, and an identical WRC plus to that of Griffey of 146. And Griffey was a uh, borderline unanimous, or an almost unanimous Hall of Famer. Um, he was missing one vote, I believe. But yes, yeah. Um, in th- this peak of their you know, their greatest 6,000 plate appearances, Helton and Griffey are very, very similar. A lot of people try and discredit Hilton because of the numbers he put up um, being at Coors Field. But, I mean, again, if you look at his away numbers, they're still just as just as impressive. George Brett's uh, away numbers, he slashed 290, 356, and 469. Todd Hilton's away uh, numbers, he slashed 287, so just three points below in, in batting average. 30 points higher and is on base percentage of 386, and then slugging percentage identical at 469. Todd Helton's road OPS is 67 points higher than Cal Ripken's career OPS, 36 points higher than Adrian Beltre's career OPS, 20 points higher than Don Mattingly's career OPS, 19 points higher than Eddie Murray's career OPS, and his OPS is 18th higher or highest in Major League history. And uh, the, the OPS numbers that I just gave, those were Helton's road OPS numbers, just to be clear. Uh, among wins above replacements, Todd Helton is seventh. Uh, Todd Helton had 219 plate appearances against pitchers currently in the National Baseball Hall of Fame. He put up a slash line of 369 batting average, 425 on base percentage, and a 503 slugging percentage against um, his at bats or in his at bats against pitchers currently in the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Todd Helton is the only player in MLB history with 100 extra base hits in consecutive seasons in 2000 and 2001. He had 103 in 2000 and 105 in 2001. Um, yeah, thank you to Helton Hall of Fame on Twitter for uh, providing those numbers specifically. Those are really convincing, um, you know, especially looking at his numbers. A, a lot of what you do when you want to evaluate if a player is a Hall of Famer is you compare them to existing Hall of Famers and see if they meet the standard. And considering how much better Helton is than a lot of these Hall of Famers, a lot of these big names, it's it's pretty clear-cut to me. Uh, another one I pulled from uh, Cooperstown Cred. Uh, they wrote an article, Todd Helton Coors Field Hall of Fame Debate, uh, looking at the, uh, the sabermetrics. Todd Helton's career OPS plus was 133. Now this is a fairly basic sabermetric. OPS plus is just a park adjusted OPS. Um, so his career OPS was 133. There are 47 players in baseball history with at least 9,000 plate appearances and a 133 OPS. 
of those 47 players, 38 of them are in the Hall of Fame. So that means nine of them are not in the Hall of Fame. The nine include four players who aren't eligible yet. Alex Rodriguez, David Ortiz, Miguel Cabrera, and Albert Pujols. Two of them are active. Two haven't been on the ballot yet. And five of those players that uh, were not in this group um, were on the ballot previously. So that includes Helton, Barry Bonds, known steroid user, Manny Ramirez, potential steroid user, Gary Sheffield, uh, up in the air about him, potential steroid user, but I, I, if I had a ballot, I'd vote for Gary Sheffield as a Hall of Famer. And then Fred McGriff, who was also a borderline Hall of Fame player. But something to note about comparing Todd Helton and Fred McGriff is that uh, Fred McGriff, I think, still had a very impressive career. He posted a, a wins above replacement of 526 but comparing him to Todd Helton's a little bit different because uh, Helton posted a wins above replacement of 61.8. Something that I haven't mentioned quite yet is how impressive Todd Helton was in the field. I mean, obviously, defense is half of baseball. Uh, the stats that you post up on offense are probably more important in evaluating a player, but uh, defense sh should value pretty similarly. I mean, maybe not as much, but uh, maybe... I don't know, 30% of the evaluation, 35, more than it is, I think. I mean, once you look at his defense, it's pretty clear he was one of the best defending first basemen of all time. That's not hyperbole, that's just an accurate summary. He won three gold gloves, and I mean, I'm not a huge fan of using gold gloves to determine whether someone is worthy or not, but at least in terms of uh, one of the more old-fashioned ways to to look at defense he won the gold glove so he has um, he has the accolades at least for a solid defensive first baseman helton had 1726 career assists that's the second most in baseball history for a first baseman and his 2038 double plays turned are the third most for a first baseman in terms of his zone runs, which is a more advanced statistic, which is fielding runs above average, basically, are the second most for a first baseman since 1953. Only Keith Hernandez has more. So, I mean, it's it's fairly easy to uh, to understand how good of a fielder Todd Helton was by looking at these numbers. He was a top uh, fielding first baseman ever. He's clearly deserving, at least in my opinion, on the offensive end. And when you look at both of these numbers, especially when you look at his wins above replacement numbers, I think overall Todd Helton has an incredibly strong case to be a Hall of Fame player. And uh, I think he should be inducted before his 10 years is up. I know his percentage is growing. Uh, he's gained a pretty significant amount of ballots. I think six so far through the first 30. So he's jumping up in percentage. Um, hopefully he continues to do that. I think he started off better than Larry Walker did. Uh, so I think, I hope more people will uh, campaign for him. And I think that he has a legitimate case. And he's better than most of the players on the ballot. Uh, the ballot is definitely going to get stacked the next couple of years. Um, this ballot is relatively empty. Even though I think there are some deserving Hall of Famers on there. Especially like Scott Rowland, uh, most notably I think. Uh, but hopefully you got something out of this episode. Uh, 
I mean, you could show this to people who don't believe you that Todd Helton's a Hall of Fame player. Uh, but I, I think the numbers bear out that he is at least, uh, at least has a better case than I think most people understand. So, yeah, thanks for listening to this episode. Thanks for tuning in um, to 20th and Blake, presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Uh, so follow me on Twitter at Walker. Uh, shoot me a message. Send a tweet at me. I'll answer your question on the show. Uh, but, yeah, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.